Welcome back. Tomorrow Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams that uh, actually from very talented human beings, uh, artists, and bands that you can hear live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Billy King and the Bad, 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 and they're playing tonight at the Far Out Lounge. <laughs> I like that. How many bats? Three? Three bats. Three bats. Got my bass, got my bass number right correctly there. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> you're real bad when you got that many bats. Uh, all right, uh, you can always be a part of the show. Specs Tech Science, the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter. <clears throat> my man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. We got some uh, Texas Pro Day results uh, that we'll discuss. We also have audio from the head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, from uh, the media availability today after the third spring football practice for Texas football. So we'll hear from the head coach a little bit as well. And we'll also give you uh, some spring football updates. Uh, there are a couple of spring football updates out there uh, that we'll go through a little bit as well. So we got a couple of things or a few things that we'll hit here going behind the burnt orange curtain. Uh, let's talk about the pro day first. We discussed a few of these results yesterday uh, as they were coming out, but now we have uh, basically a lot more official results, if you will. None of these are official. They're kind of unofficially official, but from the uh, different sites. And I got these from Inside Texas and my man Joe Cook, so shout out to him. Uh, he had a write-up over there at Inside Texas, so I uh, advise you to go check it out. Uh, the participants in the Pro Day, just really quickly, were Jaleel Billingsley, Kendra Coburn, Anthony Cook, Deshaun Jameson, Roshan Johnson, Tariq Milton, uh, Moro Ojimo, Demoyon Overshone, Bijan Robinson, and Daniel Trejo were the participants at the NFL, sorry, the Texas Pro Day. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley, uh, Harge, really turned some heads. 36 inch vertical. Nine foot nine inch broad jump and a forty yard dash. One in the low four fives with a four five two and another one at four six. At six four two twenty, like I said, and he his his film. I mean, he's got a very small sample size from Bama and from Texas. But hell, man, Texas and Bama wanted this guy. So that tells you right there they've got a high upside and he's got a lot of potential. I think just the numbers alone. And the size, somebody may try to bring him into a camp, but he's got to put on uh, some weight. Like he's a little light. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, here, here, for a here, tight end. Yeah, but I think once he gets into a camp like that, he's one of those projects that we can look at and say, okay. Because remember, the Dallas Cowboys took Rico Gathers off of the basketball court. They did, and kept him in their in their organization for like five years, and then I think he ended up going and playing for the Arizona Cardinals or something like that. He got an opportunity to play. So I look at, at Billingsley, who's somebody who is very athletic. You can look at him and tell, which is why the reason why everybody decided he went to Alabama and he went to Texas. Duke has to have some skills. Yeah, some skills. So, so that is something, too, that these guys are looking at. Probably talk to uh, Coach Saban about him, what, what ended up happening, why did he end up transferring. Remember he set out a little bit mm. because of a suspension when he first got here yes. for something that happened. NCAA, NCAA. Yeah. yeah. So there's some other things that kind of hindered his opportunities on the field. But if you look mm. at him and just look at the raw numbers, yeah, he'll, he'll, he can do some things. I know. We, man, Texas really missed out on an opportunity with him. Kind of what Isaiah Nayor meant to the wide receiving room and how it really – 
um, set the wide receiving room back because he was going to fulfill a role of being the deep target mm-hmm. for Sark in that offense that needs someone to take the top off the defense. Well, when he got hurt instead, X-Man had to take over that role. And instead of X-Man just being the number one wide receiver and somebody that you could just feature, uh, he was forced to fill a role of being the deep target, also being the deep man, take the top off the defense, but also trying to be the number one wide receiver. And it was just too much on his shoulders. And we know it caused a regression for him. I think that also happened with the, the tight end room. I think Sark wanted that tight end, the 12 personnel grouping to be a more lethal uh, passing mm-hmm. personnel package, and uh, not nothing against Gunnar Helm, but I want. I think his vision was J.T. Sanders and Jaleel Billingsley in my twelve personnel package, and he was gonna really count on the development of Jaleel Billingsley as a blocker because he wasn't a great blocker. J.T. Sanders actually has developed to a good blocker, but Jeff Banks, damn good coach. I think if he had access to Jaleel Billingsley all yeah. season, which he didn't, maybe that would have changed. But we know Sark loves twelve personnel, one back, two tight ends, runs it forty percent of the time. Uh, last year that was the case, and this year. Some people was like, oh, man, uh, you know, Sark saw that the regression of X-Man, that caused him to play more 12 personnel. No, it didn't. Don't. That's not true. Don't. Yeah. That's not real. That, that he Last year he did the same thing last year. He played 12 personnel around 40% of the time. And this year he played 12 personnel around the same percentage if you include the Big 12. If you right. include the the package with the sixth offensive lineman, so he just likes to play two tight ends. I think he would have played more original twelve personnel if Jaleel Billingsley had been available, and if he you know wasn't such a I, just disappointment. It's another way to <laughs> right, say it. Right. Uh, so yeah, he also uh, ended up. I said I think a four five seven is another. Uh, forty time that had him clocked. I think my man Westcott yep. Ebers had him at that. So Jaleel Billingsley actually looked look uh, really good there. Uh, moving on, some other guys at the NFL Pro Day for Texas. Keandre Coburn he did the shuttle because he didn't do the shuttle at the combine. Um, so most most of all of his other combine numbers he kept, but he did run a four seven seven shuttle. Mm. So, and as, as I said, Keandre Coburn he doesn't need to really prove anything. All of his numbers will be fine. His film says enough. Yep. Keandre Coburn every team needs a Coburn now. I've talked about this when teams want to run more power and gap schemes, which is their counter when everybody is built around defending the in, the inside and the outside zone, so the defenses that can run sideline to sideline defenders, well, they want to run more power schemes and run right at you and just run the ball down your throat uh, to try to counter all these really fast, undersized defenses. Kendra Coburn is somebody you're going to need to pull in the field. Remember, the Cowboys did it yep. this year. Yep. Uh, they need to do it with Jonathan Hankins, traded for one. The Eagles had to do it with Linville Joseph and also Nadama Kingsu. So they went and got two of them uh, when their uh, uh, Jordan Davis went down. Right. It, everybody needs one. So Kendra Coburn's got a home. Yeah, we just don't know where it is yet. Right. Every team remember needs about what, one, two of those guys. Remember what they did with Malcolm Roach when he got his opportunity to do it in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints. He's made he's made a living with it. Puna Ford has made a living with it. Puna's another way. You're gonna get an opportunity to do so. Yeah, everybody needs one. Every team needs one or two of those guys, and you don't want an expensive one because they wear down really easy. I mean, basically their job is to clog up gaps and eat up double teams. You know, that's not something that is gonna age well. So you want to get younger guys that can do that. Kendrick Coburn and added value is he also can rush the pass a little bit. Yeah, he can. He proved that this year. Yeah, he did. Man can rush the pass a little bit. So uh, that's why I think don't worry about Kendrick Coburn. Don't worry about his numbers. Like I said, it, he's a he's a plunger. Every yeah. house needs one, and it's for the dirty work. It's for the <laughs> dirty job. But when you when you need a plunger and you don't have one, man, your life becomes a living hell. 
All right, that's when the fit hits the shan when literally. you don't have one. And literally, and that, <laughs> that's that's the Andre Coburn and those those run stopping D tackles. You may not need them a lot this day and age, but man, when you really need one, ask the Eagles, ask the Cowboys. The fit hits the shan. You need mm-hmm. a Coburn, no doubt. Uh, Anthony Cook. Uh, Anthony Cook was more impressive than I thought. I didn't I didn't like his forty times. Forty times unofficially four five nine four six five. I didn't love that. That's not. Listen, the safety position this year is slow. Everywhere, yep. Like it's just it's not even it's not Anthony Cook. It's slow everywhere. So I guess that helps Anthony Cook. The fact that if you look at all the the safety times at the combine, I remember going through them. Uh, they they all were pretty slow. Uh, there wasn't a fast safety this year, right? So I think that helps out Anthony Cook. They all were in the kind of the mid four fives and around low four fives. They're all looking around like, man, what happened to the fast safeties? They are. They, they really weren't. I'm not not They're saying they weren't big, good ones. Yeah. yeah, but there weren't any fast safeties really. Uh, his broad jump, ten foot five inches. That's pretty good. Yep. Thirty four inch vertical, pretty good. Like and it. I like his shuttle, four two seven. It means he can change direction really mm-hmm. quick, guys. That's what that means. That's so exactly what that means. I'm down with that for sure. Yeah, NFL scouts so like that too. The fact that you know he's proven that. I mean, this is a guy that can change direction really easily for you. So uh, I, I, I think that actually that agility drill, him running that four, uh, you know that 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 type of time, that four two seven, four two nine, whatever he ran the pro agility drill, that actually shows you that a guy, you know, not only can he play multiple positions, which I think is going to be his biggest asset mm-hmm. going into the NFL. He's played corner and he's played safety. That'll go a long way in the NFL that he can play and manufacture depth for you and play multiple positions. So he he'll make he'll go into a, he'll you know get on a, a camp list. I guarantee and get invited to a camp. Uh, him making a roster it depends on the fit, man. But all these guys have, to have a better chance of making a roster because the the practice squads have been expanded. Yep, and you can play on the practice squad longer. So as Harsh mentioned, they can really develop you on a practice squad now, and they got the XFL. Yep. There's football all over the place. There's football. Now. That's, that's op- so these guys, they should be able to play professionally. Yep. Um, even if it's not their dream of you know playing in the NFL. Uh, Deshaun Jameson. What are your thoughts about Deshaun Jameson? He ran the fastest, four four eight and a four five five. Yeah, I mean he's somebody that I've I've thought he. Can we say he underperformed or was underutilized? I don't know, but I think his money is going to be made in special teams. He's always been good on the special teams part, whether he's returning punts or kicks because he can, he's he got deceptive speed on the outside. When he gets the ball and he's running those kicks back, he's a different type of player. And I think he might be able to go into the NFL. I, I guess the question for me would be, how do you feel about his hip turn? Oh, I like his hips. So then oh, I love this right there. Deshaun so he can, be in a, he can be in the slot. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he can. Yeah, I, he can I actually believe that. He, he does yeah. really nice hips. The thing about Deshaun Jameson that hurts him, he's better playing off coverage. Yep. He's better when he can almost triangulate, uh, you know, quarterback, receiver, you know, and, you know, number two receiver, number three, number, number one, number two receiver. He's really good being able to just read route progressions, almost feel route progressions really well. And you know he's got a good jump. Once he sees mm-hmm. it, got a good jump on the ball, and he's got hands for days. He's got great hands like a receiver. As a matter of fact, remember Tom Herman thought about playing him at receiver right. actually at one time because he's so good. And we know he's a great special teams guy too. So for me, yeah, he. I think Deshaun James has got a shot at – 
I don't know if he's going to make a, a week one roster, but he's got a chance of making an NFL team either on a practice squad or you know later on during the season just because of his special teams play. He How can you, return. Yeah. I'm, I'm Punts and a, kickoffs. Yes, very. And, 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 like you said, he's elite. Taken, yeah, he like, can he's take got it elite to the house. skill there. Exactly. Like some team may just keep him around just for that because he does have elite skill. But I do think as a defensive back, I work, I don't like his – Technique at the line of scrimmage, being able to play bump and run. So in the slot, I like his hips, but I don't like his inability to play through contact. Right? I think he needs to be better playing through contact as a DB. That's why they backed him up and played him at the field corner. Right. Right. Just let him. Just let him read routes. That's what he's really good at. So let me ask you this: when 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 you think about him, who would be your comp from the University of Texas that is playing in the league or has played into the league, where you think he would be able to fit in? That type of environment. That's good, man. I haven't. Because my special teams will be Chris Boyd. Because Chris Boyd is a special teams savant when it comes to playing on special teams. On the defensive side. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, covering, covering kicks. Covering down. Covering and, going, kicks, and punts. Yes. And yeah, punts. He's yeah. down there making plays mm-hmm. and keeping the ball in play. Um, I'm just curious to where you would think he was at. Yeah, I – I don't know if I have a really a comp for Deshaun James in terms of his defensive back skill. Not from Texas. I don't know if I have a comp for him. Yeah. I, mean, I can go think about it, but it's he's one of those guys. Like I said, I, it's it's weird to have a guy who's got good hips and I, he's got obviously sufficient speed. Ran in the mid to high four fours. Got good hips. I don't like his his hand placement. Yeah, and I mean that even um, at, at at the line of scrimmage, but also. Once the route progresses and and develops downfield, um, he also is not really good. And he he was much better this year, though, much better this year. Yeah. And what I what I was talking having a panic plan when the ball's in the air, yeah. right? What's your plan of attack? Are you reading the eyes? Are you playing through the hands? Are you going to look and lean? Are you going to feel the receiver, see the ball? Are you going to see the receiver and play through him? Like what are you playing with your in phase, out of phase? And at times it seems like he didn't really figure out exactly what he what his technique was going to be, all in those panic situations. Right. This year he was much better. Yeah. Okay. So I actually like what I saw from this year, him playing playing the football while it's in the air. Uh, Tariq Milton, uh, nine foot, ten inch broad jump, four five five, four five three, yeah. uh, forty yard dash, and a thirty four and a half inch vertical. He's another one we didn't get a chance to really see what yeah. he's capable of doing, and and that's another year that he lost on on uh, film. He lost some time on film, so we don't know exactly what it was. Coming about from Iowa him. State, yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. They thought basically he was going to have a chance. He was an insurance policy, I think, behind Jay Witt. Yeah, like because they didn't know what Jordan was. They didn't brought an insurance policy. Like we need somebody that can play the slot. Jay Witt stayed healthy all year long. Uh, we saw him make a couple of plays, but they didn't use him that much, <laughs> right. which is surprising considering because no third wide receiver really stepped up. Right, and he could have had a chance to take that spot and fill that void, but it never really happened. Uh, Roshan Johnson uh, was at the combine as well, and he stood on all of his testing times at the combine. He didn't do anything. He went through drills, but he didn't. He didn't do any testing. And right. I was told, basically, advised by his agent, um, not to Correct. run. Correct. So I, I'm not surprised by that. Agent yeah. probably thought he would have hurt himself. Hurt not hurt himself, but hurt his. His draft stock yeah, yeah. Um, at the time. so and, and, and I don't think his style of running, I don't think NFL scouts need to see him run a fast time. He's going to be known as more of a power back. 
And not not just a short yards back, but he'll be a, a guy they, they want to run more in between the tackles. Yeah. Uh, but Rojo is exceptional. I think, like I said, Cowboys, Texans, everybody would be lucky to have a guy like Whoever Rojo. Whoever gets him is going to be very happy. Honestly, I, I can't find a team that's a bad fit for Rojo. Right. Right. Like I'm serious, I can't I can't think of a team in the NFL that's like, oh, that's a bad fit for Rojo. There's no bad fit for Rojo. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> really a high upside player and only been playing running back for like three years. Uh Moro Ojimo stood on all of his testing except he did the uh the shuttle and he ran a four five eight shuttle. This dude, honestly, I it if you could pick the one who's the one player you believe is gonna be drafted right after Bijan from the Longhorns? Who is it? Because Ojimo's got a shot. I think either Ojimo because of what he did at the combine. Or Demo, Agent Zero, man, and Marvin yeah. Overshaw. Honestly, I think yeah, I'm with you. I think it's him yeah. or Demo. But man, the more I see about Ojimo, I don't think he, somebody might try to sneak up and get Ojimo. Right? He's really young. Been here for what five years <laughs> and only 21 years yeah. old. Just turned it. Just know? turned it. You know what I'm saying? That's that. He, that to me is the most amazing part about it. He's a baby Kid still. Is still young. He was top, for D tackles at the combine, top five in bench, broad jump, vertical jump. And ten yard split. Yep. He also now with this shuttle, that four five six shuttle. That's also a damn good time. I can pass the other D tackles, but I guarantee you it's toward the top. That's just a really good time. And he measured into what six three, two ninety three. Oh yeah. Plays D tackle and D N. Very has multiple shades and very very intelligent football player. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about his academic prowess. I'm talking his mindset of what his job is. So when the coach comes in and the defensive coordinator is drawing on the chalkboard, he's going to know, or the whiteboard, he's going to know exactly what he's talking about. And he's going to be able to adjust because he processes information very quick. No, you're right about it, man. I'll tell you, watch out for more Ojimo. I like he's, it. He's flying up draft boards. I I take a flyer that some team may decide they really like his film and they could take a chance on him. I think DeMarvin Oshon is still likely to be drafted right behind, not right behind Bijan, but yeah. the Longhorn that's drafted after Bijan. Don't be shocked if it's Ojimo and go, what, that's Ojimo? Yeah, it's Ojimo. Hey, most importantly, <laughs> be excited because of the fact that'll be an offense, I mean, a defensive lineman that is drafted from the University of Texas. Pretty high. That means it's starting to turn. Yeah. That's it. Some people are talking about day two D tackle. Yeah. For Ojimo now. Good for that young hey. man, making himself some money. Outstanding. DeMarvion Overshone uh, stood on most of his testing from the combine. Did do a vertical jump, 36 and a half inches. So that's pretty damn good. Showing explosion and a broad jump of 10 feet, 6 inches. Um, and he did do drills at, I think he measured in at uh, 231 pounds. So nice. that's pretty good. So he gained some weight. Yeah. Through the combine process, it's like a fighter. Pounds. It's like a fighter. You mm-hmm. go in and cut weight for the weigh in, and then all of a sudden, as soon as you walk out there and drink some water, you go up twenty pounds. Yeah, all these guys <laughs> want to be light when they ran the forty. Yep. Uh, now it's yeah. like let's put the weight back on. Now they want to put some some weight back on. Yeah, and and Demarvin Oshon looks really good. And like I said, in the right system, and in Dan Quinn's system and his belief philosophy of positionless football, Demarvin Oshon would be a perfect defender, but it doesn't really matter. As long as he goes to the right system that has a vision of how to utilize DeMarvin O'Shawn, he's a bit of a project. you got to put some weight on him. you got to play strength. He only had, I think, what, 15 rips on the bench? Mm-hmm. On the, something yeah. like that? Like yeah. 15 rips on the bench? 
play strength, playing through, uh, you know, being That's able to play through contact, yeah. yeah, and be able to shed blocks. That stuff you can learn in the league, but all of the the raw materials he's got, and he can just he can flat out run at linebacker, right. Um, so that's that's good news for Demarvin Overshaw. I think his draft stock is safe because uh, I don't I don't think he hurt himself at all throughout the combine process, and that's half the battle. Right, you can lose this process, <laughs> right. or you can win this process. Um, and I'm not Demar Ojibo. He's won the process. Demarvin Overshaw. I'm not sure he won it, but he didn't lose it. Correct. And if you lose it, oh man, then the draft stock plummets. Yeah, and that's why. Not saying that that would have happened to uh, Rojo, but that's why his agent was like, Nah, man. You're good, you're good at where yeah, you're at. Yeah. Don't go in there. You know, you got a decent number. Let's just stay with what you got. Go do all the drills. You don't have to go run uh, the 40 anymore. Yeah, You've done enough. You said it yet. Yeah, you said it when the time came out. You was like, man, I can't remember Rojo, you know, being caught very often or his, his speed becoming an issue. Right. And you're right about that. Like, it's not, it, it's not an issue. That's why his agent was like, no, 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 you're good. Agents I've talked to, the scouts I've talked to, they're not concerned with it. Right. Like, it's not a big, if it was an issue, I'd be like, you got to run, you got to put one down there. But if you go out there and run and run a 4.75, right. and they go, damn. Yeah, you, yeah, that's then, what they're like. <laughs> then your draft stock, your draft stock plummets, and then right. you're in trouble. And a lot of times, too, I mean, there's no more official time that you can run than the one you ran at the combine. No, 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 that's the official. You official. know what I'm saying? That's yeah. the, that's that's the AccuTrack, yeah, as they the used official. to say yeah. on the track on on the track. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, meet. so mm-hmm. you're right about I'm that. I'm with you. So those are how the guys performed at pro day. I do think Deshaun Jameson and uh, Jalil Billingsley uh, might help themselves out a lot. Um, I'm hoping Anthony Cook though can just make it to a camp. He's a ball player. He can play yeah. ball, and he's, he's going to show up well when pads are on and when he can go out there into a camp. Uh, a lot of guys, obviously, the underwear Olympics that has become <laughs> the combine process and the pro day process, they don't really shine during that time. Um, all right, we got to talk Cowboys again on the other side. Lots of Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets to hit. Uh, we'll talk about the mock draft, all predicting the same thing for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Texans have been docked a draft pick. We'll talk about why that is the case, and the Cowboys cleared cap space and everybody trying to figure out why all of that and more right here on ball don't lie one of four nine the horn used to worry about everything what you thought and what you think now i know i do what's right i let the sleeping dogs lie every time i fall down i Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. We play jams from very talented human beings, uh, artists, and bands that you can listen to live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Jeff Plankenhorn, and he is playing Saturday at the Saxon Pub. I know exactly where that is. I feel cool. All right, Saxon Pub. There you go. If you miss any of these suggestions for 512 Friday, please go check out hornfm.com. And my man Patrick always posts them up there for you uh, on the webpage in case you missed it. We got to talk some Cowboys here because we'll talk about the Cowboys combine interviews and what they mean for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll also get into uh, the mock drafts, which strangely enough, it is it's creepy. I don't know what's going on. Maybe all the. The, the the top mock drafts are now all you know communicating with each other, so maybe they're mocking the same thing. But it is it's freaky what's going on in the mock drafts. We'll get to that and talk about that with the Cowboys, and we'll also talk about the Cowboys clearing up cap space, which is a big move for them. So first, let's get into the mock drafts. It is mock season, of course. Dane Brugler, he's one of the best you know uh, 
best draft analyst for the athletic. He puts out his mock draft, puts out about three or four of them per offseason. And the latest is the post combine mock draft. Todd McShay did the same thing. And Mel Kuyper did the same thing. They always have their post combine mock draft. They they hang out at the combine. They hear a lot of stuff at the combine, right? A lot of people talking at the combine, a lot of deals being made. You pretty much it's a football convention. Coaches there, GMs there. They're colluding against Lamar Jackson at the combine. I'm joking, but half joking. Uh but all that stuff's happening at the combine, right? So this is what's going on. Dane Bruggen now, Tad McShay, and Mel Kuyper. All three have the Cowboys not only taking the same position in the first round, which is tight end, but also taking the same player, Patrick. Taking Dalton Kincaid, the Utah tight end, which I'm not saying he's, he's not a good player. He's a good player. 6'4", 246. I mean, he's really good. He's one of the top tight end prospects in this draft. Only been playing football for six years. He played his first season of organized football uh, in high school, I believe, as a he was like a, a, a junior. And then San Diego offered him after one year playing high school football. And then he transferred to Utah. So he's on his, his first year in the NFL will be his seventh season playing football ever, period. Organized football. So he's he's got a lot of upside, ton of upside. He's undersized for the position, but they knew that they need a tight end. Ironically, I did read that Dalton Schultz, according to Albert Breer, did turn down an offer from the Cowboys. It was uh, he said a a solid offer. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea what solid. I don't is. know. I do, but I did just see some breaking news. Oh, give it to me. Is this it breaking is, bad or breaking good? If, if you're a Texans fan, not good. Oh, damn it! Apparently, the Carolina Panthers have oh. traded up for the number one pick in the draft. That I knew it. I knew somebody was going to do that. Damn it, Texans. Uh, it was going to be the Colts or somebody, but I'm surprised it was Carolina, actually. DJ Moore is going to be involved in that trade as well. So DJ Moore will go into the Bears, give Justin Fields another weapon, and I'm sure picks uh, as well. Uh, it's the number nine pick, number 61 pick, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and DJ Moore. So two firsts and two seconds? Two firsts and two seconds so and, a, and, and, and a player. player. And a, a starter. And a starter, yes. A starting that a, They needed like a, a starting receiver. receiver. And they will be taking quarterback, you have to assume. Well, they'll have their pick, too. If Frank pick Reich gets quarterback his they quarterback. Want. Yeah, they'll pick whatever quarterback they finally. And remember we said, what was Frank Reich's biggest issue? The, the one thing that had ultimately haunted his tenure there with the Colts was the fact that he couldn't settle on a quarterback. He had a different starting quarterback every year that he was there. Every year that Frank Reich was with the Colts, he had a different starting quarterback. And I always say that quarterback, it's, it means something different for everybody. It means something different to the fans, to the owner, to the GM. Uh, means something different to the players. What I think the quarterback position means to a head coach is, is job stability. It really is. Like, that's job security. If a coach is on a hot seat, there's an 85 to 90% chance there's quarterback instability with that franchise or with that program. And Frank Reich, he was always on the hot seat because nobody ever knew what the hell was going on with quarterback. So they went through Phillip Rivers, and they went through Matt Ryan and Jacoby Brissett, and he went through Carson Wentz. And that's, he, never, he never learned his lesson. Well, he did. Now he has learned his lesson. And the lesson is, go get you a quarterback. Yeah. Now the question is, we have to I have to look through Frank Reich's quarterbacks and who he seems to like to pick if he's going to go Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Will Levis. You assume it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. 
but you never know. I These just, quarterback guru guys, they do love to take them a project. A, a project. Yeah, they they like projects, and it, I would say there's been a lot of talk about <clears throat> the Anthony Richardson thing. The, Frank Wright can't do that. You you got to go with somebody a little bit more polished. It doesn't. Look, and that also doesn't seem like a Frank Wright pick. Yeah, you can't do. Don't do anything that crazy. I do like project. To me, he's a perfect pick for like Seattle. Yeah, with Geno Smith, they're locked in for three years. You know, most it's probably more like two years, but still locked in for three years that contract. Yeah, that's a project you can afford to because you got to you, you. First of all, you had the one of the best rookie classes in the NFL. Actually, in the NFL in the last five, four or five years, your rookie class was amazing. You hit on so many picks, and you have a boatload of picks. You have an embarrassment of riches of draft capital. You got in the Russell Wilson trade, and you found, luckily. You stumbled upon it. Your quarterback for the foreseeable future. That's your bridge. If anybody should go get Anthony Richardson, and 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 give it two years to work, it, it's them. Well, and they also, can afford to do it. And no also, if, as long as you have Pete Carroll as coach, he has he made Russell Wilson work. And Russell Wilson oh. was is one of the biggest rushing quarterbacks of the last what two decades. That's a great point too. Yeah, so, he, he knows how to make it work like st- structurally. Yes, the balance of the defense, offense, all that. that yeah. That's a great point. So there. yeah, I like that. I like that situation for mm-hmm. him. But you know, someone will draft him with no no plan what to do with him. <laughs> Put him into play day <laughs> <You're> one. <right. laughs> that's, that's exactly what. It, unfortunately for Anthony Richardson, somebody with no plan or vision for how to use him will draft him. But let's get to how this affects the Texans because this is what. I, I, I was worried about this. Now, let's talk I, about the deal first. Could the Texans have made this deal? Well, this is right, a, so it's Brandon so Cooks instead of and so you say so Brandon the, Cooks. We take the money. We so two he, first, Texans pay Texans pay as much of the salary as possible, and they they send over Brandon Cooks. So you said that that would basically that would have taken the place of DJ Moore. So now yes. we're going to the draft capital that they they gave up. So essentially, they swap first round picks and then gave up a first round pick. Yeah, Texans could have easily done that because they, they got two first round picks in each each of the next two drafts. Yes. So you give them you give them number two, which is better than number nine. And yeah, you could have yeah no Texans could have swung off this deal. Yeah, and, and you trade Brandon Cooks in the deal, which you wanted to get rid of anyway. You just it, have to take on more of his salary. It's only a bet, and this is the, the only thing I can think of why the Texans did not have more urgency to move up to number one. I think they should have done it. I would have did, it, especially when you had the draft capital to do it. They should have done it, especially since oh, they ha- they had it within their power <laughs> um, to to be able to get the number one overall pick. Except instead of. You know, losing that last game to the Colts, they found a way to win that game, and ultimately, this is the this is the result of it. This is the Texans doing what the Texans do, and I thought they should have did their best to try to cover up the sins of the the season, if you will, uh, and not getting the number one overall pick to just move up with the draft capital. So they didn't do that. So now we'll see if the football gods will be so kind as to have them get the quarterback that they want, and maybe they have decided we're cool with either one of these quarterbacks, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis. Who knows? He might be in that conversation too. When it's a quarterback guru coach like Frank Reich is, a guy who I he thought he could fix he thought he could fix Matt Ryan and make him a guy. He thought he could fix Carson Wentz. He <laughs> thought he could get all these guys that weren't playing at their top level and make them a top quarterback. Will Levis is the guy that if you said – Hey, he's got the body. He's got the biggest arm. Mm, man, I, I, uh, I, I'd like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young over Will Levis. Uh, no, I, I would too. He's, I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me. Though. Oh no, it would. No, nothing would surprise and, me. Well, and now, yeah. if you're Matt Corral, nothing would surprise me. If you're Matt Corral sitting 
Oh, well, Matt Corral's going to be a, I mean, the backup quarterback now. So and now he's really like, really. well, great, I got hurt my rookie season, and then they drafted they the number one overall pick my second season. Cool. Fun. It's, you know what? I mean, but I, I do understand because if you're Frank Reich, you can't afford to put all your eggs in the basket of a Matt Corral, yeah. who's not really considered, excuse me, to be a high-level quarterback. you got to put your eggs in the basket of someone who's just going to be a high-level quarterback. And it just shows you the Carolina Panthers, man, their ownership has been aggressive. I mean, they really have been. They're trying. They were aggressive with the Matt Rule thing. They thought Matt Rule was going to be, you know, what Chuck Noll of the, <laughs> the present-day uh, Chuck Noll. That didn't work out. Uh, and then after that, another aggressive move this offseason, uh, which is moving moving all the way up to the number one overall pick, and they'll have their pick of the top quarterbacks in the draft. They're definitely going to get their quarterback of the future. I like the move for Carolina. It's a great move. I do. I, this scares move, me I way more about the Texans now. Oh, no. I, I, signing I, Jimmy Garoppolo, drafting all defense in the first round. They're definitely going to reach out to Jimmy Garoppolo, and I have no problem with that, by the way. But I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to Jimmy I, I Garoppolo. I can see them move. not taking a quarterback here and just saying Jimmy Garoppolo is our quarterback of the future. Uh, that would be a mistake. I, I if, agree. If they decide to skip, I'm not opposed to them skipping out on this quarterback class. I'm not because the next okay. year's quarterback class is really good. But you're but, hoping to not have a top ten pick next year, right? If you uh, sign Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo, they're gonna be pretty bad next year, though. They're gonna be pretty bad. And you're gonna, ho- I mean, be pretty bad. Yeah. Jacksonville will be better in that division alone. Yeah, the Colts might end up being better than them now too. Yeah. I mean, the Colts weren't supposed to be that bad. They, no, they, they just, were not. They fell off at quarterback so bad, but the, the, the surround, the, I should say, the supporting cast is pretty damn. Jonathan good Jonathan Taylor's Colts. still there. Mike yeah. Pittman Jr. is still there. They got, they got, they got some some guys. That man, defense on that team. was really good. The defense was really good, and I don't know what to think of Tennessee. Nobody does. I mean, well, if they trade Derrick Henry, yeah, I, I don't know what's then going on. With what Tennessee. is their offense? <laughs> but to your point about the te- the Texans passing on a quarterback in this draft, the only way it, it, you can possibly justify it is. You're gonna you're gonna bundle up a lot of draft picks and move up in next year's draft to go okay. get your guy. And you think the you know the quarterback class next year is, is better. a better quarterback class with okay. May and uh, what's the quarterback from USC? Caleb. Caleb uh, Williams. Caleb Williams. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you like those guys better, and I, I'm sure there's a two or three that I'm missing as well. Yeah. But, but that's the only way to justify. It. Other than that, yeah, I, I'm scared now. I'm not going to lie. And I, and I can tell you by Texans' ways of Nick Casario, who drafted <laughs> Nick Casario, who, who is on the staff who drafted Nick Casario, and who has coached him most recently? Bobby Slowick, Nick Casario, Jimmy Jimmy G. Oh, no, they like they, they like the Jimmy G thing. Bobby Slowick was asked about it himself at his introductory press conference with the media, and he name-dropped – Jimmy Garoppolo, well, yeah, and which then, is rare. <laughs> and then, but that's what I'm saying. And then you throw in the fact that Casario was on the Patriots when they drafted. him. Oh yeah, no, no, that, they, it, they're bringing it seems in Jimmy like G. that's who they're going to go after. Yeah, but I, I, I don't want them, and I don't think they will make him their quarterback of the future. He's your stopgap quarterback. Either when you draft the quarterback this year, allows you to let that quarterback sit, not too much pressure on them. You can allow them a year to develop, uh, a year to really, really kind of learn how to be a professional in the league. And or, and or if they skip this year's draft and decide to get the quarterback in next year's draft, Jimmy G is your quarterback for you know the foreseeable future. So either way, I got no problem with them bringing in Jimmy G. Yeah, here's the quote from uh, Bobby Slowick when asked about the quarterbacks for the Texans. He said, quote, we have a process that we go through. Jimmy is obviously a part of that. Jimmy is a part of obviously a part of that process. So he's a part of the process. And all they got on the you know, for, as a quarterback right now is on the roster is Davis Mills. Yeah. I mean, and the other guy who's gonna be in the hunt for that would probably be the Raiders. Mm. 
the Raiders will be in the hunt for Jimmy G as well. That makes sense. Because Josh McDaniels, if he's looking for a quarterback, that is a guy they're definitely going to have to look at as well. Yeah, I think the Texans made another miscalculation here. I think you should have just moved up and gotten that pick. Yeah. I think they should have acted quickly, and I don't know if it was, you know, I don't know if they liked all the quarterbacks or multiple quarterbacks, and they figured, hey, doesn't matter. Whichever one drops to us, we're going to be fine. Oh, I hate, I hate that. Logic. I hate that too. Oh, that makes me. That sounds so much worse. They're just like, we'll just take our, we'll just take the mystery box and put our hand in the box and grab a quarterback. You're like, well, then you can't. You're not even pretending to evaluate quarterbacks. I think they you know, are the guy that you like. See, oh, that's what I'm saying. Dude, in my opinion, I'm, I'm with you. Do due diligence. Go deep, deep down the rabbit hole of both of these quarterbacks and find one that you like. That no, no, sorry, not one you like, one you love, and then say, all right, this is our guy. We're gonna go get that quarterback. I this to me says they're cool with either quarterback. Yeah, this, this to me this says they. I'm fine with either one. Th- or this tells me they're going defense. This is it, it's very Texans to go defense. Wow! And they go, we'll get the best defensive player in the draft. Our our number one guy. Okay. We'll get an edge rusher or somebody like that. That's Texans' way of doing business for years and years. It would not be, like I said, it it, it would not be totally surprising because I said next year's draft. There's been talk. There have been r- whispers in Houston that they like next year's group group of quarterbacks more. And then they may try to decide to go after that group, and maybe in their, you know, their research, their evaluation, maybe they're deciding, yeah, we do have a lot of draft capital, and we're going to use it to move up in next year's draft. Hey, we saw it. the Panthers did not have a ton of draft capital, and were able to move up to the number one pick from the number nine. Yeah, and you can. So it is possible, and you can stockpile draft capital for next year's draft with this draft capital from yeah. this year's draft. All you got to do is, you know, you make some moves, trade some pieces, and get teams draft capital for next year. And then you can have a ton of draft capital for next year, and then you can bundle all that up together and make some team an offer they can't refuse yeah. for the number one overall pick. And maybe you're that bad. Maybe maybe they're banking on you know what we're gonna be so damn bad next oh. year too that we're also we're also gonna be in the running for the number one overall oh, pick. Don't beat Houston. We're not you gonna need draft so capital. many years in a row, to Houston. Oh, the Rockets are doing. I it. know, and I hate it. The, the Astros did it. They're all taking the Astros model. The oh. Astros tanked for like three years. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's too yeah. much. And then it, it turns out. Ghost Rose. Ghost Rose. So yeah, it is. Oof. I think it's a I I think it's a oof. It, it's a it's yeah, a risk. It's you, a risk for you them. You can do it like the 76ers. And how many championships have the 76ers won so far? Trust the process. Trust the process. They <laughs> still believe it a zero finals played in. Oh, okay. I you're 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 a former Texans fan no longer. I know, but I'm watching from the corner just. <laughs> I thought whew. we may be able to win you back. Oh. If they go defense, if they prioritize defense in this draft, you are you going to think about Becoming a Texans fan again or coming uh, back to the gonna fold? It's going to be harder. Like, it is. It's going to be real hard to go in with Jimmy G. Like It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be what they do throughout the draft and free agency. I'll tell you why I could I'm, – listen, I'm just paying devil's advocate here. I'm not saying I like it. But you have already put a significant amount of draft capital into the defensive secondary. And Jalen Petrie is one of the best safeties in the NFL already as a as a rookie. Yeah. Like he's, he's already probably a – I'm not joking. He's probably a top 12 to 15 safety as a rookie already. Yeah. And you're like, that's not a good. No, it's really good. I mean, he's all, I think he's already in that conversation. Derek Stingley, if he works out, I know Patrick's going to make a, make me, make you feel bad. He'd be like, you should have got Sauce Gardner. You should have. <laughs> you should have. You should have. Nah, you should have. Hey, Stingley, if he progresses, if he, if, he turns, if he progresses into the next year, he was fine this year. He exactly. wasn't great. But you're, he was, he was, you progress in that. You get some more guys around him that helps out. The more guys you put on defense, 
You get a better pass rush. That helps out Stingley a lot, too. Yeah, so I could see them saying, all right, last year we got our building blocks in the secondary. This year, let's go off the building blocks in the front seven. Let's go after edge rusher or war daddy at, on the D line. Uh, let's get us a hell. Let's get us a difference maker potentially at you know inside linebacker uh, that can be uh, you know building block for years to come. I could see them doing we could that. Be the next Demico Ryan's. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But maybe because Demico Ryan's the defender saying no, 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 let's build the defense first, well, and, and then you, we can we can build the offense. It, it, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I could see that vision. And if you're talking Patriots and 49ers model. That, hey, let's load up on D-line for the 49ers, and hey, Bill Belichick loves to draft defense and keep uh, a cheaper defense because they're younger. That that plays into it. It does. The 49er model, you're right. The 49er model, I will say, is unique because of this. And I, Maybe you're right. He's trying to copy that model. But the reason it's tough to replicate, because Shano's run game really is kind of a – a discount saver, if you will, for the salary cap because you don't necessarily need. Now he did get Christian McCaffrey, but yeah. for, for years they never needed a big time, high priced running back or oh, a highly drafted running back hey. to work in that system. They've always just had kind of a cheap guy, so that's worked out well, and they've been able to invest more on defense. That's why if you look at the San Francisco 49ers and their drafts, they draft D linemen really high all the time, and they draft everything else pretty low. All right, what if you take you sign Jimmy G, you take a defender at two. Second pick, take Bijan Robinson, Pierce and Bijan, and you just run the ball like crazy next year. They asked Bijan about it. Bijan was like, "I love me some Damian Pierce." I know, I, I'm with you. Oh, that'd be crazy. That, I'm just saying, it's another option out there. It would be build. It'd be a bad move value wise when you're yes. constructing a roster. It would be. Yeah, it'd but, be fun to watch. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what oh, they do. I can't believe. Okay, but that's big news. That is big news. There you go. Breaking news. Uh, my man Patrick. Thank you for that. All right, we come back. We'll got off the record on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. One hundred four nine. The horn. DD Mega Doo Doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get. They break the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. A little late here because we went uh, up against it last a segment because of the breaking news that the Carolina Panthers have traded up to the number one overall spot in the draft with the Bears. The Bears stockpiling picks for Justin Fields. They already now got Justin Fields some more weapons with uh, DJ, uh, DJ Moore because he's part of that trade I as well. i got to check Justin Fields' social media. See him doing dances and celebrations. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? Hey, but you know what? I respect that because the Bears. You know, I think they—that's part of them trusting their young quarterback and wanting yes. to provide him with some more weapons and a better supporting cast. So we've been talking about that all week long with Lamar Jackson and the lack of supporting cast that he's had. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who may be um, a Jets uh, member of the Jets before it's all said and done, he has not decided whether he is going to even play 
2023. Um, out of his darkness retreat, uh, he went in there to uh, ponder his future, and he has not stated whether he is going to play or where he will play next season. But the 39-year-old quarterback is one of several featured speakers that has already been scheduled for the Multidisciplinary Association for the Psychedelic Studies Psychedelic Science Conference of 2023. That's right. I'm not making it up. That is real. It is the largest psychedelic gathering in history. The conference, which is expecting about 10,000 attendees, will include speeches, workshops, and panel discussions about all things hallucinogenic. Of course, Rogers, who's been outspoken about his passion for plant-based psychedelics uh, like ayahuasca, um, credits that with helping his mental health. And Rogers has also spoke about mushrooms in the past. And now he is a scheduled speaker at the largest psychedelic gathering in history. How you like that, Patrick? Oh, he's got his future cut out for him. <laughs> oh, this is great. I, I mean, come on. I, 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 mean, I am praying he goes I, to New York. Here's what I love. Please is go to the Jets. You know that this dude in like 10 years is going to be sitting around with a bunch of 25-year-old girls doing ayahuasca <laughs> and other stuff, and they'll be like, <laughs> Uh yeah, I, I had to take a break here from college, and he's and he's like and like, what did you used to do? And he's like, uh, I was a two time MVP, Super Bowl champion in the NFL. They're like, what? And what's wrong with that, Patrick? What, what's wrong what's, with that? Because he's gonna be doing it while wearing like a skirt and a scarf around his head. Oh, he's definitely gonna be a shaman or something yeah. like that. Like he's gonna take on the role of one of these kind of spiritual. He's a guy who's gonna future. use the phrase third eye at least once a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's gonna move to Hollywood. Yeah. And he's gonna become the shaman to the stars. Oh. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna be a, sh- a future shaman to the stars. That's what's gonna happen. I'm telling you, because he likes to hang sad. out in the Hollywood circles yeah. a lot. Yeah, they, they especially was, with them girls. <laughs> he is not. Yeah, I will say this: he either he either dates a starlet or he's a single guy, pretty much. So that goes back to the Hollywood thing. I think he might be a bachelor. He might be one of those like bachelors, even when in his old old age, like he's gonna be a bachelor forever kind of guy. Yeah, so I'm talking about date women, but never get married to a woman. And just like every once or in a while, pop up on a sports show and they'll ask him a question. He'll be like. Guys, I didn't come here to talk about that. I, <laughs> I came here to talk about the healing, mo- the healing powers. He could end up being like the NFL's version of Bill Walton. Oh my God! Wouldn't that be awesome if he starts calling if, games? If he is that bombastic at some point, <laughs> that'll blow my mind. He, I would say you say that he he does. When you talk to him, though, he's very thoughtful. Yeah, and he 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 he's provocative. Like in, he is. In, I I don't see him. Calling a game and watching a long pass down the field. Throw a bomb, big fella. <laughs> okay, so maybe not Bill. Not by me, not maybe me. something else. Don't you get my point? I think I, I actually like Aaron Rodgers. I like where he's going, and I hope he goes to the J E T S Jets. 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 Sports fans deserve this story. The ones who love Aaron Rodgers and the ones who hate him, they deserve this story because it's going to be damn fun to watch. Whether it's success or whether it's no Smith failure, we're all going to be riveted by the drama. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, Texas men's basketball. Speaking of drama, they beat Oklahoma State, and they got a big game tonight versus the Purple Kryptonite. We'll discuss it right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.